Welcome to The Yarn, a School Library Journal production. I'm Travis Yonker. Dave Eggers has written award-winning and best-selling books for grown-ups. He founded a publishing company, McSweeney's, and a network of youth writing and tutoring centers, 826 National. Journalism, essays, short stories, sports writing, nonprofit organizations, Eggers' output is staggering. But until a few years ago, he hadn't written books for kids. Now he does that too. How and why does a well-known author for grown-ups begin writing for children? Let's find out. It's time to unravel. Abner and Ian get right side up. Abner and Ian get right side up. I, you know, I've been experimenting with dialogue between like sort of friends who are very different from each other and there's really it's so great to just play have them play off each other and have their personalities revealed through what they say and one of these guys is sort of a little bossy and blustery and the other guy is uh a little bit more insecure and needy and um and uh, likes to talk about his feelings and um, I thought that would be really funny to have these two guys in dialogue but all around the concept that I liked books when I was a kid um, that broke the fourth wall and one of my favorite ones was the um, uh, there's a monster at the end of this book the Grover book where he keeps telling the reader don't turn the page because there's a monster and every turn page you turn it's getting us closer to this monster and it was really a very uh, uh, conceptually um, sophisticated book in a way. And they really executed that so well and so vividly where every time you turn it, there's, and he sets up bricks and mortar and all this sort of, uh, you know, all of these things so that you can't turn the page, but then you do, and the kid sort of gleefully defies Grover. I mean, it was the most vivid book for me when I was a kid. And so I guess it always stuck in the back of my mind that kids really do like to interact with it and think about the book as, a, as an object in a way or like the physics of it. And so I started with these guys, you know, stuck to the sides of the pages where they're sort of standing or hanging perpendicularly and everything is askew and the landscape isn't where it needs to be and they employ the reader's help to try to get them right side up again. And so that was the that was the beginning conceit, and then it was just a matter of sort of taking it further and further and making it weirder and weirder as you go. Because I was an illustrator and a graphic designer, and I still design books. I always I always write in a design program pretty early on, so I can see how the words will look on each page. So. Um, I gave uh, Little Brown, uh, you know, an 80-page layout, basically, to just sort of say, here's, because the rhythm of it is so important and seeing where the words are on each page. Um, and then, uh, so it, it helps me, and I think it helps editors sometimes to kind of see it in a, not a final form, but at least where the text lays and how the uh, dialogue plays off, it, off, it, off each other. And, and I think for Laura Park, the, you know, the illustrator in this case who's 
so incredible. I think it helps her a little bit too to kind of you know it it takes it halfway down the the uh, the road at least uh, from the art direction perspective. I I wrote it long, and I have this opinion that. Um, if a kid likes the characters and likes a book, they don't care if the book is 16 pages or 85. And obviously we're, we, uh, we create 16-page books or 32-page books because of the signatures, you know? Like, that's how printing is done, 16, 32, maybe a half signature of eight pages you can add somewhere here and there. But I think sometimes narratives need to be a different length and I always found my own kids, if they were into a book, it always ended too soon. I grew up assuming that this is what I was gonna do. I wrote books, I wrote, I wrote and illustrated books throughout my childhood that I still have, and I, um, so I was always doing it, and then I, you know, studied to be an illustrator for a while, and, um, went to art school and um, I don't know it was it wasn't until maybe I don't know my until college I guess that I sort of got redirected and became a journalist and did other things so and then when I started writing books for adults I always thought I would come back to where I thought was my origins really so it's funny because when whenever anyone asks that I'm like I have to almost remind myself that I wasn't doing this for a long time because I always sort of in my head I, w I was. And um, so when we started 826 Valencia, which is a nonprofit writing and tutoring center in San Francisco, and that spawned, you know, many dozens of similar centers around the world, um, then I was working with kids all the time and reading to them and working with their books and uh, writing and illustrating their own books. And... Um, and so it just got closer and closer to returning to it. And then I had kids of my own. And so all that time was sort of just, I guess, circling the, uh, uh, the return to writing for kids. And, um, and I guess it was about five, six years ago I finally uh, finished something, I guess, that was worth being published. And um, I think it was This Bridge Will Not Be Gray might have been the first one to sort of qualify as a real book, you know? Um, I did little experiments before that, but, and then, you know, then it's, there's no, there's nothing more fun in the world. Uh, truly, at least in my life, as a writer, there's nothing more enjoyable than writing for kids. I mean, in the process. Because writing for adults or a long journalistic book can be a grind sometimes, and it's not a, a joyful process every hour <laughs> necessarily, but writing for kids always is. So uh, it gives me, you know, sort of immeasurable happiness just to be doing it. And to reading to kids, there's nothing more fun than that. So I don't even know. It's a, It's a... It's a, it's a tight contest between writing for kids or reading to them after, after the fact. At our centers, at 826 Valencia, 826 Michigan, near you, um, I was part of a story writing 
uh, program there. We, we write books with kids every day, and they create a, a picture book together. And these stories are almost invariably funnier than almost anything adults come up with. And it's just effortless for them because they have anarchic imaginations, and they don't self-censor. So they, it'll be, you know, the story of a two-headed half-dragon, half-mermaid who is allergic to gluten and, you know, has a real problem uh, uh, trusting frogs or something like that. And that's like a great plot, but we wouldn't necessarily have the guts to put a book out about that. We think it's too unhinged. But every story, and I think at this point, eight centers around the U.S. and then dozens of others around, every day they're creating a book like this. So we're probably going on 5,000 stories like this. Every one of them is ludicrous. And every one is like pure pleasure to read. So there's a weird disconnect. I think our sense of logic as adults is maybe too uh, constrained. This is a weird thing, but when I write a book and it's published, the first person that says, oh, I read it, I really liked it, then, the, then, that, chat, then that book is closed in my mind. Like, that's actually the one reader. Uh, and I remember it. I have this novel called The Parade, and I remember it just came out maybe, I don't know, three, four months ago for adults, and I remember the first reader that emailed me about it um, I didn't know this person very well, but they said what it meant to them, and that, and they understood it in the way that I meant it. And um, and then there's that tension before you get that first email, I guess. And then when you get it, then for me it just closes a door, not in a bad way, but in a nice kind of like, all right. The, then that's it. And and uh, and as long as you, you know, people will let you continue to write books and they'll publish them that's all that you need there's nothing better in the world um so as long as you sort of keep your head down and keep it simple it's all it's all joy thank you dave eggers for the interview thank you philip stead for creating our theme music additional music from this episode from the Free Music Archive. Have an idea for the show? You can contact us via email at theyarnpodcast at gmail.com and visit us online at the School Library Journal website. I'm Travis Yonker. Thanks for listening. <laughs>